The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers! So what are we drinking today? So we had fun and we went to the liquor store today. Yeah. And just got stuff. Yes. So when we get stuff, we get to try it usually neat first, yes. straight up. So we really have been enjoying the Dos Armadillos tequilas. Yeah. And we tried the Reposado. Yes, which was lovely. And now we're trying the... Añejo. Añejo, excuse yes. me. Yes. And this one, you know, it's 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 coming from Mexico, so they they don't put a lot of tasting notes on here and things. And I'm sure we can find things online. But it has awards, like 2013 Editor's Pick, Santa Barbara's 2013 Platinum Tequila Harvest Award. In 2012, they won Packaging Designation competition okay. which obviously their bottle is phenomenal yeah the 2013 platinum sips awards and then they also won 2012 double gold for their packaging yeah i will say this so we really like the blanca from 1800 1800 yeah we didn't like the armadillo yeah because this is the as, third as much this is the third armadillos we've but tried. we really like the reposado compared to other episodes and we've tried. tried recently one other episode which we probably should try live yeah but the idea is it it doesn't land it doesn't come close Mm-mm. so in the world of reposados in my experience the armadillo is my favorite What's so great is in the reposado from the armadillo we tried. Yes. That is so great on its own. Just yeah. just drink that neat. That's great. Yeah. The new reposado that we got doesn't work a week well. ago or so. Doesn't even have the complexity. No. So what would I do with that? I'd use it as a mixer. Yes. A tequila mixer. It's a higher end tequila mixer, but I'd use it because it doesn't have the flavor profile for us. And that's right. what's been such a great journey through these cocktails. Yes. Is really learning which ones we like like for example we were in the the store today and we asked about rye whiskeys because we're not as familiar with rye whiskeys yeah and we had done a written house because we we knew we'd do a mixer so we tried a written house which is a lower shelf one right and we were like it's okay it's a rye yeah and but then we read and found that the old forester was something to try and that's middle shelf and we end up loving that one just straight really good yeah and then when you mix it with things, it really heightens the drinks yeah. on the high end. So today we went and asked about some other things. So in the future, we'll try these other versions of rye and bourbons that we're going to try to see. Right. 
I think the thing, the key point though, is that it's our flavor profile that we're experimenting it's with. It's our liquor cabinet. It's our liquor cabinet, right? Our yeah. intention is to find alcohols that we really enjoy, both drinking and mixing. Correct. Because you can't have the whole story in your liquor cabinet. And I'm learning I don't want the whole story in no. my liquor cabinet because there's ones that I'm like, eh, not really worth the price point, exactly. to be honest. All right, we'll take the vodka we like. We like a vodka that's an inexpensive vodka. It's like under $20. Yeah. And Blue Star Vodka. It's, yeah, it's, who knew? But... It has the smoothest flavor, and it's invisible in cocktails, but it's there alcohol-wise, and it's triple filtered or something like that, so it's It's clean. It's just yummy. It's like, as vodkas go, it's yummy. Yeah. And so I'm excited to try this to see where where this stands in the world of Añejos, because I don't really know Añejos. I don't know if I've ever tried an Añejo. This one has a beautiful light gold color. Yeah, it's almost a bit of a green, like a green hue. When we were in our sommelier Actually, things, yeah, it does. We, we talk about this where it gets a golden and it's got a grassy hue to it. Yeah. So this one does. Oh, the smell. That's really great smell. That's lovely. Gosh, that's lovely. Oh. That's just lovely. You know, okay, so, so that's like this, you know, when we were talking about in tequila world, they have the high ends. Yes. That are like the scotches of the tequila world. That's right. what that is. Absolutely. That is... It's just aged longer. Yeah. And it really matures as it ages. Yes. And the reason you pay more for it is because of evaporation. So yep. there's less of it. Yep. So and it's, concentrated. And it's more concentrated. And this is absolutely beautiful. So it is definitely different than the Reposado. Mm-hmm. So they have their own lanes. But this is like a fine... I could, you know, this is, I would serve this in a whiskey glass. This is like a yeah. sipper. Absolutely. It's really good. That's why, you know, when we look for a whiskey glasses, those, those kind of, you have one over there, the yeah. little drums. Yeah. We need some of those for this type of stuff because this stuff is getting to that point where it needs that elegance. Yes. I, I agree. mean, this is good. I wouldn't be shooting this and having beers per se. This no, is this actually is, this, a sipping enjoy. Yeah, this like, isn't. I'm very warm and left with a great warm finish, yeah. but not like harsh. No, this isn't a mixer. It's God, not. This is really good. Yeah, it's really just a sipping tequila. It's like an after dinner cocktail. I mean, you could do this like there are two ways to do boilermakers. Some people do old school boilermakers where they drop the shot in the beer. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. The, original boilermakers just meant that you could have a shot of whiskey or bourbon on the side of a beer yeah this would work with that but it's not going to be competing with it it's not like you're having the shot of whiskey and then washing it down with the beer to get rid of it this one you want to savor the taste right whereas with the blanco you want a beer chaser yeah 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 it it's, it's really, lovely it's, i love it so last night we watched a kinky movie yeah called going under yep and it had a really cool premise it was a story about a clinical psychologist Mm -hmm. who is a submissive long-term like into sadomasochism yeah long-term submissive who sees professional dominatrix providers for his experience yeah and he's seen one for a while well, the, the, yeah, the movie begins with him in a scene getting pierced by the dominatrix. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that scene, she says, look, I'm done with this. I, I'm, I'm getting, out, getting of out of the business. 
and he's like, oh my God, I'm sort of in love with you. I have to see you more. He doesn't say that, but that's kind of the premise. That's the premise. He's attached. Yeah, he's super attached. And she's, you know, not that interested. But she's slightly interested. Well, and they both had considered, based on other hints that they get to later in the movie, that they had talked about being on the outside. Yeah, there's this... Like, like even if she would still dominatrix, there was, there was illusions that he had approached her about seeing her outside of the dungeon. That's correct, yeah. And... And she you, has a partner. She has a female partner. And he's married. And he's married. And her female partner has an agreement that she doesn't see her clients outside of the dungeon. That's apparent, apparent. yes. And the wife is aware that her husband has sadomasochistic tendencies. They have an agreement. She's very aware he sees a professional dominatrix. Yes. But I think, as the story goes, she's hurt by the fact that he's taking that outside of the dungeon. Yeah, there's some weird dynamics there. The, the movie has, like, one redeeming factor, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I think it's basically a crap movie. Yes, but it has one redeeming factor, and that is some of the sadomasochistic scenes, some of the, the femdom scenes, mm-hmm. seem pretty authentic. They seem pretty authentic, and it's what I love about it in this sense was she wasn't this stereotypical what you think the dominatrix in a dungeon is supposed to be. Okay. And that dominatrixes can be... All different kinds. Well, you know, the, he, there was one scene in the movie where he goes down into a sex club mm-hmm. and he asks a dominatrix to take him on and give him a, a spank Cuddling, or a whipping yeah. or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was very authentic. I mm-hmm. thought that scene was the most authentic kink scene I've seen in a mainstream movie. Even how she acted. Specifically how she acted. Yes. yes. She was right on. Right. Yeah, I got the sense, and who knows if the movie, I'd have to go back and look at the movie credits, but she seemed like a real dominatrix who was brought into that film to do yeah. this scene because she was. it was too natural. It was way it was natural. Super, it was super well done. That, but that scene was literally like three minutes. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And then it was over. And in fact, it's too bad because that would have been, if she would have pursued, that would have been worthwhile to watch to see mm-hmm. how she dealt with him returning another week. Well, the thing of it is, I think that that scene of him seeing her mm-hmm. related in part to his relationship with the protagonist in the movie. Mm-hmm. It came before his relationship with her because mm. she was the dominatrix that he had been seeing for a long time, she right. said. And they had developed a relationship that went beyond their agreements in a kink dynamic. Mm-hmm. And... The movie is really about their relationship. It's really a relationship film. That's exactly what it is. You know? Yeah. It's about her desire to get out of the lifestyle on one hand and to make her way in the world as an artist. And Well, even more so, I think she wanted, she desperately, she wanted to get out of the business because yes. we, we were, it, this was for kind of given to us by her madame of the dungeon asking her to come back to work after she'd been gone for a month or so. Yeah. And the idea was she said something to her like, well, you, 
they miss you. Your clients miss you, of course, because you create this false sense of intimacy. And there's a little dialogue happening there, and I picked up on that right away. In addition to all the other things that transpired in the movie, what she wanted was to be herself as a dominant, but she wanted to be outside of a dungeon because she craved intimacy. Because well, she talked about not having a relationship with her mom, her mom being right. off standoffish, all these other parts. Yeah, there was, there was definitely let's call it insight into her kink. Mm -hmm. She shared at one point that she really enjoyed being a sadist. Mm -hmm. She really enjoyed hurting this particular client that she... That she didn't care for. That she for. didn't care for, but she really enjoyed hurting him. And there was another point in the movie later where she talks about her desire to pierce and break and, you know, right, dominate. Right, but, but she also was saying some things because and it really scared her when she said... You know, when they went and visited her mother with cancer, yeah. she said to him later, even though he tried to create a sexual context with their time in the apartment after they arrived home. And and she was trying to play into it, too. But the idea is she shared, I felt the closest to you, like I felt intimate, which is yes. what she's seeking. That's right. And then it all changed because it becomes sexual. And she well, was, like, put off by that because they're, for her, those are two separate worlds. Yes. And before I, I know this is long-winded, what I'm getting to is she wanted intimacy, but she absolutely did not want to be vulnerable. Right. And that's the kicker. That's yes. where she, whether it was that guy, that sub, that she didn't feel comfortable with being vulnerable, although she alluded that there were intimate moments she could share with him and that he was kind of breaking her walls down. But the idea is her fear was too high to allow herself to be vulnerable. She couldn't even be vulnerable with her mom who has cancer. Right. Yeah, no, the the scene after they visit her sick mother, when they come home and he says to her, I want to be inside you, it's kind of like he's topping her. And it is, she but let me just that. tell you guys, that's just a weird thing to say. I was really like, that's weird. Why don't you just say you want to fuck me or something like I think that? It's a movie. I want yeah. to be inside you. The dialogue in this movie <laughs> wasn't. Like, the dialogue was very. That's insipid. weird. <laughs> yeah, it it wasn't a very well written film. I don't particularly care for this movie. I I do think that it has some interesting storylines that could have been developed in a slightly different way. Yeah, I mean, they really could have gone off with that other I, dominatrix. There were lots of things happening in this film. For example, here you have a marriage that's sort of failing, a long-term marriage that's failing. Well, what it looked like, I don't know if it's failing. What it looked like is they had agreements. I He's understand. stretching the agreements, and I think because they're in such a long-term that they've both resigned to... This right. is my life partner, and I guess I have no control over what he's doing. Yeah, his ex-wife says his wife says to him, "Oh, you, you really hurt me," you know, and he goes, "Yeah." But it's not like they had an argument. Like, no. I'm going to divorce you. She's just resigned. Like, yeah. she's like, "You do your thing." Yeah, they, they and, have... and there are a lot of couples that do that. That are married long term. They're just like, "I do my thing." Roger does his thing. Yeah, and whatever, and we kind of meet up every once in a while. Yeah, their relationship was by the way the movie was filmed and presented, completely asexual. Yes. Their, their yes. relationship. His relationship with his dominant was mostly asexual. I mean, he got to masturbate mm -hmm. to come. She never... Let him kiss she her. She never let him kiss her anything. The, the reality is, is that she was struggling with her desire for intimacy, and she wanted to have a partner who was submissive so, and younger. So this is what... 
Because she said, I, like, I can't get over your age and I can't get over that you're married. But also, they're seen in the house after they got home. Yeah. And she, she's, they try to kiss and she says this isn't working. Then she leaves to the bathroom and then comes out with her top off, right. almost off, or revealing her breasts. And she, it's as if she thought, well, I'll try again. So she's starving for the intimacy. Yes. And she's sitting there... And, and I'm telling you, I told you this too. She wants to be taken. She's a dominatrix yes. that wants to be taken by someone who can be dominant, which he will never be. He was no. topping, but he was not a dominant. Correct. And it was a huge turnoff for her. Correct. For one. And I remember saying to you, sitting there going, this would really not fly with me. Like, this is not a turnoff for me. Like, that, not the guy himself and not the actor specifically, the behaviors themselves were not erotically turning me on. Like, I right. want to have sex with this person. It was very mechanical. Very mechanical. And so I was just like, it would only work. Like, he'd have to, well, it wouldn't be him. He'd have to be a dominant who then takes me. And it may be that she maybe craves that, these satellite moments of her being taken so that she doesn't lose contact with her own dominance. And then she can express her dominance in other ways with sub, like submissives. Right. I just caught that and I was like, wow, she just wants him to be able to take control and he's not able to. You get a little insight into who she is because one of the ways she related to a boy in high school was to give him a blowjob. And that got around the school, and so that that and she created. she became the slut. Yeah, and so there was a lot. There was a lot of sort of innuendo in this film. I just thought the dialogue was shit. I thought the movie line was shit. I thought the experience of watching the movie was dull and uninteresting. And yeah. and it and and I sort of had to just keep watching it because we were into it at that point, you know, because yeah. it was kinky. It was definitely kinky. It's a definitely kinky film. If you like kinky movies. It's definitely kinky. And she and the humiliation scene of we think it's the guy that she liked to beat. Yeah. That was a that was an interesting scene because of the way he was being disobedient like he was objecting all the time in the session like you know I've paid for this. This is what I expect you to talk. This is how I expect you to touch me. Yeah. And she's not taking his shit at all and she's just no. telling him And she gives him a good whipping. And, like she, and she goes really after goes him after him. And comes at, this was this was objectionable to me as a sadist. She came at him from With a place anger. of anger. Yes, right, and that did. doesn't work. That's not that's not workable. But but then you see him doing this. You know, he's harshly telling her, "Yeah, I don't know if I'll be back." This is the say, and he does all this stuff, this bravado. You, you have to improve your whipping technique. As a, yeah, you have yeah. to improve this. And at the very end, when she said something like, "It's time for you to leave," yeah, get out of He he then hour. his whole composure changes, and he turns and says, "Meekly, really meekly, and really sincerely, thank you, mistress." Yes. Like, like I can't even do the, the sound that he made. It was so obvious that the actor should get an A-plus for that one because he went <laughs> from being this prick right. and this person that I thought, this is a guy that's not submissive. He's topping. Right. He's this trying is, to. Yeah. But what it was is he's a, that's his dynamic. That's his kink. Right. His kink is to be that objectionable, if you will, an older brat right. to a dominatrix and she's just going to do what she does anyway. And then at the end, he's like, fuck, that filled my need. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, the, that is bizarre. I will, I will say about the way kink was explored in the movie from just a purely kink standpoint. Yeah. Forget the dialogue. Forget the film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just the kink itself. I thought the kink was well done. I thought it was well done. Yeah, because it's it was more what you would think humans are doing, not pretend like Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. It wasn't that. It definitely was more realistic kink, but the movie was shit. 
And so if you're going to watch it in the background just to see some kinks sometimes, I guess it would be okay for that. You don't need to turn the dialogue on because it doesn't matter. No, it's not a good story. No. Yeah. The only thing that's sort of fascinating a little bit is that the director is himself a psychotherapist. Oh, wow. So was it about him? So maybe that's... Because that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. (laughs) Because since we're reading Gordon right now. I know, right? Yeah. So that's what made it interesting. We're we're reading Gordon and... And she was... The writer is the person. The writer is the person, yeah. So anyway, I think think it's fascinating as a microscopic view into the kink scene. Like if you're not a kinky person and you want to see what kink looks like, this is a good place to look at it. So let me just pull this a little further before we close. Yeah. If... Because we've seen... Plenty of kinky movies, yeah. and of course, porn's its own lane. I'm not talking yeah. porn, I'm talking no. about a movie, something that would be, and I'm quite frankly, I don't care about what the censorship is. I'm, right. I'm just talking about what could be created that would create an interest, an interesting storyline for that. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it's making me think that way now. Like, what is the storyline for this movie? No, no. Just if you general. were going to create a movie yeah. that was going to talk about a kink dynamic or what have you, right. how would you do that in order to make it not look so corny or or like we experienced the um, script itself was sucking? Well, the, the script was bad, although the story was not an interesting, right? The story was really about a dominatrix trying to step out of the business and falling in love with the client. And the story was about the client being a, a psychotherapist struggling with his identity and his marriage. So the, the, the bones of the story were pretty good. And I think this was based on a book from mm-hmm. earlier, right? So the bones of the story are good. I just thought that the screenplay was shit. I think they didn't develop enough. I, I just thought as you were talking, like if they were going to have a dominatrix who's considering leaving, yes. they should have had precursor scenes of her working with not just him as a client, but clients. all clients. Yes. And then her... Maybe talking to her female partner when she gets home about these are her frustrations. So there's some backstory on what she is, but that's not what happened. What happened for us was we came right into their scene, which isn't a problem. But they kept going. It was it was well, a the past movie, and the movie present thing. Around, it kept right. going back and forth, and you, and you never got context what it was. You just saw it. You just saw another scene, and then you were like, oh, this must have been earlier. And yeah, you're, you're trying to put it, trying together, to put it together, yeah. which means you're missing the movie at times right. because you're sitting there doing a bunch of confusing, work. trying to put it together. Right. So I think doing something that shows the path of people in their kink, I think that's primary to, to understand. I, I think that the real story here is about her. The story about her trying to come to terms with her vulnerability, her play in the world of kink where she's really an expert she's actually like pulling interesting clients she was offered big deals to do and her potentially falling in love with somebody that's unattainable for her because he's married and so forth that would have been a more interesting story than this which was really trying to tell his story and trying to tell her story well yeah and it wasn't about him and even when she tried to cut him off his desperation yeah he was was Way over the top, like obsessive compulsive. Yeah, type he, thing. he was like extremely desperate to be with her, and she was like her. Mildly... It wasn't just another dominatrix no. would fill this kink. It was right. actually her. he was attached to her. He was obsessed, and that's what upset his wife. That's true. Is that she was recognizing that it wasn't just him filling this need that they had an agreement on that he would go see a professional dominatrix yeah. to fill his masochistic needs that his wife didn't want to do, right? So, right. They, so they made an agreement. 
But what she did recognize is he was becoming attached to her. Yeah. And while he was obsessed with her, she was only mildly interested in him. Yeah, I think because her whole context with the, the movie itself was he was an example for her of going on the outside. Yes. And because she had been she had built trust with him through the long-term processes they had, she could flirt with intimacy, real intimacy. Yes. And the idea of would I let myself be vulnerable? Now she didn't let herself she be didn't. vulnerable. All, you know, even the movie ended with them on the phone where she says something to the again, point, yeah. I'll never see you again. There's a long pause because I'm sure he just sucked the air all out well, of the room. Well, the, the last scene in the movie, if I remember correctly, he calls her because he saw her ad in uh, back of a magazine right, a she, year later. Yeah, she became, she went so back to work. So they haven't seen each other for a year. Right. But she says, no, it won't work. We won't see each other. Something like that. It, it won't change. It's, right. A year hasn't changed anything. And then there's this long silence because he's sucked all the air out of the room because he's, you know. Suffering. Suffering, yeah. right? Yeah. And then she goes, is it Peter? What yeah, was his Peter. name? Peter, are you there? Yeah. Like, so she's still, but, the, but for me, I was left with two things. So she's still wanting the attention. And it's no disrespect to anyone. It really is. That's, they want their slaves and subs to want them. That's part of it, right? But she wasn't getting that intimacy kick from her new clients, from her new ads, whatever, that she, he could give her. Because, again, she hasn't addressed her vulnerability. Yeah. I think a year movie, later. Yeah, I think the movie missed a lot. It missed a lot, and so there were too many holes. I think, yeah, I think it was just a shitty screenplay. And, again, not a bad film to watch if you want to take a peek into what kink looks like. Sure. Not a good movie to watch if you want to spend your time in an interesting movie. You know what might have been good with that storyline? Because it was pretty depth there was a lot of depth to the actual story itself yeah. the screenplay was shit it could have been like a three or a mini series three or five part series where they showed that might have been better that might have been better where they went to different dynamic scenes and they showed the development of the characters and they showed yeah there was no character development but there was none film. none yeah. it had a low budget it got panned in the reviews yeah and for good reason sure that's it for today if you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!